everybody. Welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton. And I'm Carla Morton. And she is our lovely co-host <laughs> for the podcast. She also happens to be my wife, which is the best part. Uh, last week, we did a podcast on pathways. And we were talking about how oftentimes one of the challenges in marriage, among the many, is we come into marriage with sort of preconceived ideas about what marriage should be, like everything from the roles of a husband and wife, uh, where we get a vacation, how we can do our holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, those big things, how you do birthdays in the family. Uh, money, that's another one of the big ones I think we talked about. And it can be a challenge for a couple, especially if they don't match up and they both have strong ideas of what those traditions are and what they should be on how that should be done. Well, tonight we want to talk a little bit about a different pathway, and these are the pathways that we create ourselves in the marriage that can either be healthy or unhealthy. We want to do it in a little different way. If you heard our first couple of podcasts as we shared our story and how God had really challenged and transformed us through the birth of our firstborn, Zach, and his heart condition and his subsequent death. We want to take another different slant. We really want to talk about our third child. And so this is really about Cole's story. And so I'm going to let Carla take it from here. And Carla, you share about, and I guess you can start off right when we had him and some of the challenges that brought. Well, I wanted to say, first off, this is his birthday week. So I wanted to talk about this and share this part of our story this week. But We mentioned also that we had a middle son, Kemper, and since we'd had one baby that had had a heart problem, when I was pregnant with the second child, Kemper, they monitored me closely and did a whole bunch of tests, make certain everything was okay, and he was fine. And they did the same thing during the third pregnancy with Cole. And so everything looked good. We knew we were having a little boy. All that was good. We have the baby. We have him. All goes well have him in the middle of the night, and the next morning, um, some of y'all may have heard or knew that I'm in healthcare, and so it actually was an area I worked in, in OB, and so I knew all the staff there, and one of the nurses came in, and I could tell she was upset, and she looked like she was trying not to cry, and she just said, Carla, I know you're fixing to be upset by this, but she said, I hear a heart monitor, heart monitor, heart murmur. And she said, um, the doctor's coming over, but they need to get an echo and that kind of thing. And honestly, I was like, well, heart murmurs are really common in newly born babies. And so honestly, I wasn't overly concerned. But unfortunately, within a couple of hours, um, they came in and told us, yes, there was a heart defect, and he is immediately sent to the NICU and immediately being prepared to be transported to Atlanta to a center that does um, hearts. And literally, in a matter of hours, my world was totally turned upside down. I could not believe that this had happened again. I just couldn't believe it. You know, I, I remember that morning, it was, I don't think I was there, because I no. remember you calling me up, and I knew you were upset. It was still early in the morning. I was at home with the other boys, and I just remember you telling me they found something. 
And immediately I could tell, and I think both of us were probably in the same place of, God, we can't do this again. I mean, I was just, every emotion I had from what we experienced with Zach was there again. And so, you know, even some of the similarities in the ambulance leaving and us having to follow and follow the ambulance and go to Atlanta and get the other, but now we've got other children to get situated. But it truly was, in in my heart and mind, it was a huge trauma again. And so as it unfolded, um, you know, in Atlanta, they kept trying to say, Carla, it's not as severe as Zach. It's da-da-da-da-da. I didn't care. It was just such a—I was so devastated. I was so disappointed. I was so, if you would, hurt. I didn't want to walk this path again. I didn't care. I didn't want to. And so for me, probably that first year of Cole's life, I was really depressed. Do you think that you were angry at God on this? I was. I think I was really angry. I think the first time with Zach, I I did struggle with being angry, but it was in a lot of different ways. This time it was almost like, I just cannot get a grip on this. One of the things that stands out in my mind, we were in the hospital for a couple of weeks with Cole. They did a um, a heart procedure the day after he was born to, to open up a valve. We knew he would ultimately have to have open heart surgery, but they were going to try to buy some time to let him grow and get bigger and all that. And so I remember that... Um, one of the ministers from our church came by. I didn't want him to come by. I didn't want anybody to talk to me. I didn't want anybody to say anything to me. I didn't want him, them to give me any spiritual ease. I did not want to hear it. And I'll never forget, and you said, Carla, we have to do this. I mean, you, you can't say they can't come. And I'm like, well, you can, but okay. So I'm sitting in the rocking chair in the den. I don't know if you remember this, Johnny. I'm sitting in the den. Two, two ministers come in from the church, and I'm holding Cole. He's on my lap. And I think I sat and literally cried the whole time. But one of the things that he did say to me, he said, Carla, there's probably not anybody that knows you all or knows what's happened that has any kind of answer to say to you. But what I would challenge you to do is, do not mix up your emotions and feelings in the sense of doubting that God is good. God is still good, even though you do not feel it. Cling to that truth. And I did not want him to say that to me at that moment, but that was something that God stirred and used as sort of a, a stake, you know, for me just to keep going back to that, even though everything felt so bad about it. So it it threw us into a turmoil again, because what happened was, I think, we ended up in a pathway that we'd kind of walked 10 years earlier with Zach. And now here we are again. And now we have this baby, and the person who was going to take care of the baby is scared because he has a heart problem, so she won't keep him. So... Hello, now we got to make life ch- changes again. Yeah, yeah, it was a big change because I know I decided that I would stay home and play basically Mr. Mom and work out of the home for a while and take care of the kids because, again, and I know part of this was you feeling that responsibility 
at that time, our insurance was tied up with you and where you worked and you wasn't portable. We couldn't really find someone else that we would get insurance because of now we had two children. Now we had two. So that was a stressor. Money was a stressor. You know, a life change. Your roles start shifting. You've got now you've got bills. Now you got the stress of two children with health issues. And so I think what we found was we started back into pathways and behaviors that you sort of go to when you're stressed. Yeah, I think that, you know, the previous podcast, we talked about those pathways that you bring in with you from family of origin. And, and some of those are how you handle conflict, how you deal with problems and issues. And, you know, there probably were some of those we brought in, but some of those are things that we just sort of developed on our own. And I think you're right. I think the reality is when we're under stress in life, in marriage, in anything, that our natural reaction is to go towards that path of least resistance. It's what is that path that's become comfortable to us, whatever it might be. What were some of the unhealthy pathways that you saw with us? Well, I would I I would get kind of in a I need to try to control it mode because it's like life feels out of control, so I'm gonna try to control what I can, which was you. Which and had not worked well previously to this situation. Yeah, and it, it didn't work well again. Yeah, it didn't work well again. So I'm super frustrated. It's not that I don't love you, but I'm so frustrated. Life is hard. I'm frustrated. And my go-to is to try to get in charge of everybody and everything that I can. Yeah. And I think a lot of that's based on our temperaments. And again, because our temperament, it's a natural pattern. And even though it may be a strength when it's not under the control of the Holy Spirit, and we're sort of in charge. And I think that's where a lot of us with you, you were like, I'm going to be in charge here. Yes. And with me, it was just avoid the problem. Yes. And so Johnny's avoid. I'm trying to take charge of him and everything else. He's avoiding, which only makes me matter. And so we're, we're clashing a lot again. And we realize it takes a little while, but we realize that we've slipped back into patterns because basically life is throwing us this thing that is very similar in so many ways to what we've walked through. Now, on the one hand, you would think we might be better and wiser and do better, but we really didn't. And that's the problem with pathways that are not healthy. Yeah. And I think one of the things we've shared with couples before is you really want to start establishing those healthy pathways of communication, of, of sharing, of dealing with conflict when you're not in the middle of a crisis. Yes, that is really a hard time to do it when you're in the middle of that. And so one of the things that I think for me, ultimately, during probably that season of time after Cole was born and those following years, which also is going to lead in, you know, is going to be moving toward us losing Zach also. And so now Cole is seven when, you know, when at the point that Zach dies. But so I think in those years after Cole, God really was beginning to deal with me and show me some of the truth about 
trying to make you be what I wanted you to be and teaching me that that no human being can ever be everything we want and need and that I was doing that in a very unhealthy way trying to control and manipulate you to get what I wanted. And, and while God's doing that with you, with me, he was really teaching me principles about leadership and about not shirking responsibility and not do, not doing things because I didn't like them. They were uncomfortable. That was kind of interesting that one of the things that happened was, as I said, Cole was seven when Zach died. And one of the things that was really, really hard was about three years after Zach had died, it began to be time we knew the doctors are telling us we're moving toward Cole having to have that open heart surgery. And so it was such a hard time because Cole is questioning everything and he's fearful. And he would say things to me like, well, you said when Zach went to California to have surgery that he'd come home and he didn't. So how do I know that you're, that I'm going to be okay? And so it was really hard to, you know, to deal with him and the heartache of that. But one of the things that we begin to see is that God allowed Johnny to begin to sort of step up, if you would, and he began to start to help with some of those pieces that he'd never done before, that I sort of had carried some of that. So that was that was a neat way to see that God was sort of teaching us some new ways of interacting with one another, engaging in a healthier way. Yeah, it was also just things that for a long time I'd sort of let you carry, especially since you were the medical person when it came to the boys. And yet I had a real desire to you know, to search out where's the best place, what's the best thing to do, how are we going to handle this, and, and really take some of that away from you. And that's part of what, you know, being a, a leader is, is taking on responsibility and not letting the other person just carry it all the time. And so, of course, honestly, I was unaware of a lot of that, but I did know that we began to sort of have some change, some shifts in our pathways, in the sense of we weren't automatically, as God began to show me what I was doing and trying to control everything, and and God allowed me to start to back off a little bit, and you began to do some things, that was, that was awesome. And so, but to think about what it did in our marriage, I mean, it was one of those places where you think, wow, here comes another huge courage curveball that I never expected. I never would have imagined. And I guess leading up to it, everything had looked fine. So there wasn't a reason for me to suspect that. And it was another place that God was going to have us walk that was going to make us, teach us to lean into Him. And the deepest truths we were going to have to trust, like trusting God is good, even when it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. And so it, it was it was such a hard place, but out of that God brought so much good stuff 
and in the in in part of sort of bonding us again in another way because when couples overcome when you walk through hard stuff together that's your shared story and God does work in that that is part of what makes the uniqueness of your marriage because it's your story just like this is ours and every one of you listening has your story and and I think the thing one of the key parts is is I think back and even now as we rehash it a lot of this we just sort of stumbled onto ourselves I know we've been talking to counselors on some different things oh yeah we've been but I don't really remember them giving us hey do these things use these tools and do this I think I don't a lot of it we stumbled tools. into it and it was almost just gradual as we really sought God and really we were before him that he began to change our hearts. But I really think if, man, I wish we'd had somebody that could come along and sit there and watch us and look at us and talk with us and and say, hey, here are some things that can really help you just build your marriage here. And we didn't have anybody at that point. Well, and I think one of the things that we have a heart for is to try to say to people, realize when your marriage hits some hard places, some cold winters, realize that one, you're going to probably go down a path that's your path when you are stressed However you deal with things is what, so either you're a confronter, you avoid it, you try to control it. You know, there's a number of different ways that we try to cope with when life is hard and stuff's uncomfortable. So you very likely, we each are going to do that. So acknowledging that, trying to bring that out in the open, realizing when you're in a really hard place, this is a time we're going to have to give grace. We're going to have to because we are we are we are tired. We are emotionally burned. We are just we don't have anything much for each other. And so we're going to have to give grace while we try to walk through this really tough season. Let's talk about you know, we had the surgery. We went into that hard time, hard, hard. time. I remember, you know, after the surgery, just being in his room with him and he's still plugged into, there's just, as I remember, there's just tubes and wires everywhere. And it looked just like Zach. And that was not a good place and a good memory to be in. But thank you, God, the different result. We did. We had different results. And, you know, he did do well and the surgery went well. We're obviously... Gosh, we were up, we we're fearful. We were scared. We didn't know. And that was another place in my life where I knew I had to be where where I gave cold to God. That was you know, I he was not mine. He belonged to him and he was loaned to me for whether it was that short time or longer. And I remember the minute I knew God was the same way with Zach that God was just working with me to say, you know, you got to lay him down. You got to lay him down. And so it, it was a lot of it was a lot of spiritual things that were happening and yet at the same time just cuz something spiritual's happening and it could be happening in both of you or not, 
it doesn't mean that that always is easy in the moment to still deal with one another and our own little idiosyncrasies and stuff we were doing. But I do think, and as I think on these, when even just looking back, I think that was such a, a turning point about that time in our lives and our marriage. Because I would say that God began to do this work in both of us with you, this really being able to trust and lean into him and not having to focus on me. Trying to fix you. Yeah, which you still can't do. Not fixable. And me, I think, being the the leader in the family that God called me to be. But then even in some other ways, I think about it's sometime or after that that God really started dealing with us and, and bringing our finances under him and and making those changes just in all areas of our life and things that we started really working on, I think, much more as a team and together. I was going to say that's that maybe is a sense of where we before would each go on our own pathway, if you would, that was kind of how we handled, quote, life or hard stuff. We started back there again when Cole was born. It was almost like a redo, a bad redo. But in the sense, though, God used that to help us learn, again, huge spiritual truths, but to begin to see we were not the enemy. We were on the same team, and this is the story and the life God had given us and the journey we were to do together. And so I think there began to be some changes there. Yeah, and I think one of the really, really cool things is that, you know, when when Cole was born, it did. It threw us for such a, just loop. a loop. Yeah. And really some of the hardest times of our marriage were in those first three, four to five years. Yeah. Uh, maybe the worst. Cause I know just, I was doing a job traveling. I think there was a time you said, don't come home. Uh, I could it was a challenge. Words. Yes. And, and almost, you know, in the one way you could look at it, well, if we hadn't had coal, we wouldn't do that. But really what it was is God used coal to really reveal those things in us that he wanted to change. Oh, absolutely. Because it really, it, it was such a, it was such an uprooting of everything in my heart and soul after having coal. And it was just, again, it was a place I had to learn to trust Jesus at a newer and deeper level. And, you know, I I wish nobody would care to hear it all, but there are thousands of stories that go along with all of this. And even Kemper right in the middle, can you imagine being the middle child and you got an older brother and a younger brother that both have heart problems? And so we're worried that Kemper doesn't feel uh, left out, you know? (laughs) And so we're like, so it was a lot of weird layers of stuff. But I think my heart is to say to people, you know, some things in life we will never imagine or anticipate having. And thank you, Jesus, we don't get to know. We don't know what's up ahead. But that to acknowledge you may have pathways that are not healthy. You may be tending to walk back in those. You got to recognize those. You got to begin to give grace. And, And what would you say would have been maybe one tool that out of this, and maybe there wasn't one thing, but if we, you could say, what if we had thought of this maybe earlier on, would it have been helpful? I think that uh, 
If I could say one tool, the one of the biggies that I think you've done, it's sort of your XYZ thing. It is that being able to explain to somebody, when you do this, this is the way I feel. Yeah. Uh, I just really do, because I think a lot of the times is because we weren't really communicating great. We were just in, we didn't know where we were. Yeah. And you were reacting one way, and I'd react to that. And then I'd react to you reacting. Yeah. Which is a whole nother podcast. And I, and I think that's one of the, you know, the best tools that we've, that we've used in our relationship over the past years is that when I've done something and you just being able to say, hey, when you did that or when this happened, this is the way it made me feel because suddenly I don't get defensive and angry and everything. And, you know, I think if we'd had more of those things when we were going through that, it would have been easier for us to sort of explain where we were and what was going on. Yeah, and I, th- I think sometimes when you when we can, we can express ourselves and we can hear the other person, and that hopefully may give us empathy to really understand, try to understand where they're coming from. And so, again, that's part of that grace, giving grace. We um, don't know what we—we we are so grateful that we have Cole— and so I do wish him a happy birthday this week. And so I'm grateful that that was, that he is part of our story and that he has been an incredible blessing. And we're so grateful for him. And so to wrap up this section, I think just the storms are going to happen. They're going to be hard times in all of our lives. And sometimes they're going to be, seems like you've already been through that. And you're thinking, how can I go through this again? Hey, learn to start building healthy pathways in the times of quiet and peace. Yes. Don't wait until the storm. Usually the storms reveal those things that sometimes we don't do so well or even the things we do well. But we want to establish those healthy patterns of communication, of dealing with stress, of just how to live life together when things are good so that when the storm comes... Boy, you can go through it together the way that God designed us to. And man, having a partner to do a storm with is awesome. Amen to that. All right, folks, thanks for again for uh, taking time out of your day to be with us. And we hope that God will bless you and that God will make your marriage everything you dreamed it would be.